Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League, a look inside the ancient 18s in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Ivy League. And what an interesting week we did have. Absolutely just an up and down kind of week for certain teams. And you could really see the Ivy League standing starting to shift. This was an important week. We're going to get into what the week was and what we're looking at moving forward. As we start to get into, uh, look, it was nice to have more of an Ivy League type of schedule that we're all used to. So we'll take a look at that. Guys, as always, if you want to contact me, it's Tom Barton Sports at Gmail. I also hope that you guys could go watch some of my YouTube. I, I could always use any subscription, any uh, like that over there it is tom barton sports over there as well so let's get into it here guys you know let's go back to last week and we go back always to go look forward let's go back to last week and go look back on friday night harvard against brown harvard who had been having massive i mean absolutely massive defensive problems coming into this game they had been just abused defensively over and over and we continue to keep hearing that Tommy Amaker kept saying, guys, look, you know, I'm not that worried about the defense. And basically we're all going, why, why are you not worried? Because you should be worried. And every Harvard fan should be worried about what the defense was and what the defense had been. But wow, they just absolutely manhandled Brown. This is a game that I actually thought was going to fly over the total. It wound up staying under, but they manhandled Brown They held Brown to 50 points total in the game, but that's not even the impressive part. They held Brown to eight points. Yeah, I didn't stutter there, guys. Eight points in the first half at home. The Brown Bears scored eight points in the first half at home, guys. Absolutely unbelievable effort, not only by uh, the Harvard defense, but just by the team overall. They didn't take their foot off the gas in the second half, a 15-point win, and Harvard wanted to reestablish itself. Look, we are back. We are just not healthy. We had a weird schedule, and we are more than Kirkwood. Right, because Sakota went for 18 points, six rebounds, and four assists. We are more than just a one-man team, but it was good to see how they won the game. If they would have won this game, you know, uh, 83 to 60, you know, it wouldn't have been as impressive. Eight points holding Brown in the first half. I mean, absolutely just pure domination on the defensive side, and you like to see that if you're a Harvard team coming up. Dartmouth was trying to kind of convince us that they were players. They go into Yale. They really put up a good fight. They lost by three, 72-69. Yell again, another game where it could have gone either way, but they did put up 41 in the first half and were able to hold off this Dartmouth team. Yale goes to 5-1 and one in Ivy League play. Swain, probably the best player in conference. I mean, I've heard a lot of debate about Kirkwood, and I think... Talent-wise, Kirkwood is probably better, but production-wise, you have to look at Swain, and his team is a better team. 25 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist in that game as well. Um, Penn 
a team that has been driving. We talked about it extensively last week. Penn, all of a sudden, despite their still under 500 record, had a massive opportunity over the weekend to really reestablish themselves as a big-time player. Well, they got the job done with no problem against Columbia, who just can't seem to stop anybody. They put up 81 points in a 15-point win on the road against Columbia, moving their record to 5-2 and two in Ivy League play. So who cares if they're three games under 500 on the year? It doesn't matter. They're right back into this thing in Ivy League play. And then the big game of the night was Princeton against Cornell. Princeton came in as the obvious favorites. Princeton was reeling a little bit uh, after losing their Ivy League league. And then they go into Cornell, who's trying to establish themselves back at what they are and trying to go back into that spot. And all of a sudden, you turn around and you go, wow, okay, Cornell is now a player because they beat Princeton at home. They go out there and they beat Princeton in a spot at home. And you are just looking at this and going, you know, this is a a sudden change of events here in the Ivy League where Princeton is now vulnerable. Cornell defends their home court. And maybe this is the Cornell team that we saw early on. So you look at that for Friday's action. You turn the page. Let's get into Saturday. Because a lot of these teams really needed the bounce back. And the first and foremost was Princeton. Princeton took a loss, a tough loss on the chin. Now they're reeling a little bit. Well, what's the elixir for reeling in the Ivy Leagues? The elixir for reeling in the Ivy Leagues is Columbia. And here goes Columbia. Princeton was a big favorite, and they beat them by 22 points, covering the spread nice and easily there, and just dominating Columbia, which they needed to do. Princeton put up 85 points. That's 85 points in back-to-back games over the weekend. So they got to feel good about the offense. But they're still sitting here. While they may be 15-5, and five, they're still sitting here with two losses in the Ivy. And at 6-2, and two, they have a little competition, Cornell being one of them and Penn being one of them. So Cornell is trying to scratch and claw back. They get two games at home. I told you guys last week, if Cornell won both games at home, we could all of a sudden start to say, well, this is the Cornell team we thought maybe we had in the beginning of the year. Well, no. They drop a tough one. They only score 22 points in the first half against Penn. And Penn now is really flexing their muscles. Penn wins in Cornell, 73-68. to 68. They go to 7-2 and two in the Ivy Leagues, a game where we expected the game to go over. It did not. We expected a lot of scoring. Well, Cornell didn't produce on their side. And Penn right now has got to be the team that everyone's paying attention to. Brown did beat Dartmouth 62-60 in a game where both of these teams now 2-6 and and 3-6 and in the Ivies. They're pretty much out of it and playing out the string. And then the big game was, can Harvard really keep that momentum up? Well, they held Brown to eight points in the first half. They repeated that against a tough Yale team. Even though it was a three-point overall game, Harvard shot themselves in the foot in the first half and just couldn't recover. Harvard puts up 14 points in the first half, and they lose at Yale, and Yale is able to bounce back as well. So when the weekend ended, guys, right, Yale still holding on to first at 6-1 and one in the Ivies, Princeton at 6-2, and two, Penn getting back into the conversation at 7-2, and two, and then we have 4-4 four and four Cornell, 3-4 and four, uh, Harvard, kind of battling it out for that last spot. And that's the thing. We only have four spots, and we got about five teams battling it out here. Um, so it's going to be who's left holding the bag. And it looks like either Cornell or Harvard will be the team behind the eight ball. So we now go into Wednesday, which we had a rare Wednesday game, which is why this is being uh, recorded on Thursday morning. And sometimes I usually release it on Wednesday because there is no other games. But 
Cornell has a home game, and they're trying to get over 500 in the Ivy League play. This is a big game for Cornell. They go out there, and they put up 88. Cornell has found their shooting touch that we saw in the beginning of the year, where they seem to be consistently putting up 90 points. They beat Columbia. Who doesn't? They beat them 88-75. The game goes over. But weirdly, look, you know, Cornell was supposed to be favored by 13 and a half. They don't cover the spread here by a half a point uh, in what is considered a blowout. But Cornell gets the job done five and four now in the Ivy Leagues, and they have found their offensive stroke. Harvard also played that day, that night, and they took on Yale. Two three-point losses by Harvard. They lose this one at home, 62-59. And now Harvard's three and five in the Ivies. And you start to look at the big picture here. Harvard... I know they battled. I know it was two, you know, very close losses. And you go, you know, two close losses against a good team in Yale, the best team in the conference in Yale. They they go 58-55, and they then they go down 62-59. Good defensive battles. Harvard has now put together three really, really good defensive games in a row. Something for you total players out there that like to bet the totals want to pay attention to. Harvard is putting their defense together. But it's got to be discouraging for Harvard to be playing well, to feel like we got to win this game to get back into it and watch Cornell to kind of take that lead. So can they get back into it this weekend? That's kind of the watch right now. Look, we still have a battle for first, obviously. Um, we're looking at a couple of teams battling it out for first place. Yale is the team there, but Penn and Princeton, you can't count them out. But I think the more compelling argument had been, will it be Cornell or Harvard to grab that last spot? And it was neck and neck, but you can't go out there and go 0-2, even against Yale. You can't go out there and drop a game like this if you want to make it. And we got to see, can Harvard kind of claw and get back into this thing? Well, there is no Friday-Saturday tilt this week, so it's only going to be the Saturday weekend game, obviously with the Super Bowl, nothing on Sunday. So we're talking about Harvard. Now they get that big test. And here is where it gets dangerous for Harvard because I mentioned this briefly last week. There's an opportunity for them to spiral out of control here. They're playing well. They've fixed their defense, but they have lost two games in a row to Yale, who is just a better team. They lost two very close, very contested games in a row, but Yale's just a better team. Now they have to go on the road and face a red-hot Penn team. That's a tough task. It's a tough task where it didn't seem like a tough task a month, a month ago. But during this stretch... Penn has beaten Yale, beat Harvard in Harvard, beat Columbia, and now beat Cornell all on the road. So they've won three road games in a row, Harvard, Columbia, and Cornell. They've beaten Yale during that span as well. Penn is playing fantastic basketball. I think that the lines makers probably uh, are going to look at this and they're going to have to make Penn the favorite. But with Harvard's defense playing like this, I, I don't know, you know what to make of this Harvard team. I'm still up in the air. They are not in free fall mode when it comes to, you know, how they're playing on the court because they're keeping every game relatively close, but they seem like they're in free fall mode in the standings. This may be, and I hate to go out there and say this, and I've said this about Brown in the past. I've said this about Dartmouth in the past, certainly Columbia. This may be Harvard season. It really might be. I don't know if you're Harvard, can you drop, right? And, and sit back and go, can you drop to... to Three and seven in the Ivies. Look, they have their upcoming schedule. They have after Penn on the road. You have Cornell and Columbia at home. Double dip for Princeton and Dartmouth. So they go to three and seven. If they lose to Penn, they go to three and seven. 
You come back, you win against Columbia. We're going to go four and seven. Let's say they they beat Cornell, which is no given, but it's at home. That's five and seven. Split against Princeton. That's six and eight. You you have to. Then you beat Dartmouth. That's seven and eight. To get to even five hundred, Harvard's going to have to win both games at Princeton if they lose this Penn game. They they would have to you know they'd have to go out and finish the season winning five games in a row to get to 500 if they lose against this Penn team. I think it's fair to say that Harvard's entire season rests on this Penn game. And it's a Penn team that's red hot, and it's a Penn team that's at home. Things look bleak in Harvard. Yale takes on Columbia. Everybody beats Columbia. Um, I mean, they really just do. Columbia's awful right now, and their defense is just, it's a sieve. They've given up 88 points to Columbia, 85 to Princeton, 81 to Penn, 78 to Dartmouth, 83 to Yale, 93 to Brown, 91 to Harvard. That, that, that's their, guys, that's their last seven games. You know, the, the 78, I said 78, 76. The 76 to Dartmouth looks like the outlier. Everybody else scored into the 80s. A couple of teams went into the nine. Three teams went into the nine. Three out of the last seven opponents went into the 90s. You like overs? <laughs> you like overs? Um, so I expect that this should be an absolute blowout. You look at this, and this is the best team in the conference against the worst team in the conference, according to records. You look at what um, Cornell was favored at home by 13 and a half over Columbia. Wouldn't shock me to see Yale over a 20-point favorite here. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. And Yale should walk away with a nice, easy win. Speaking of Cornell, they'll be at home. They take on Brown. Again, a game where Cornell, Cornell now has a little bit of breathing room, and this is why it's even harder for Harvard to kind of get back into this thing because Cornell has a little bit of breathing room. They now have a game against Brown at home should be a winnable game. They're five and four. That would push them to six and four at Dartmouth, probably seven and four. Let's say they drop the two to Harvard and Yale, which they certainly could split, but that's, you know, seven and six. And then Columbia at the end of the year puts them at eight and six. I'm sorry, guys. I just, I can't find a path to see Harvard getting back into this top four. Then you have Dartmouth at Princeton, Again, Dartmouth has been a, a tough team, um, and Princeton is reeling a little bit. I'd, I'd be careful betting on Princeton if I'm, a, if I'm a better out there. Don't only look into the Columbia game where they absolutely humiliated Columbia by 40 points because they lost to Cornell and Yale before that, and the Dartmouth game in Dartmouth was a four-point game. High-scoring game, but it was a four-point game. Something to pay attention to there. So we go to, you know, no other games on, uh, until, you know, pretty much we talk again. So it's going to be no other games until the following Friday. I think that when we really break this down and, and everything kind of comes into light, and we're talking about the four teams that are going to go, I hate to say it, Harvard fans out there, but I think your season's over. If you lose to Penn, the season's certainly over. But I'm not sure that even if you win against Penn, you can get back into this thing. Because you're so far behind right now. Yale seven and one. Penn is seven and two. Princeton six and two. Cornell's five and four. You're not catching seven and one. There's just an impossibility. Okay. And I don't think you're catching seven and two or six and two. I, I you would need a complete implosion. So the only team you can have an opportunity to face here is the five and four Cornell Big Red. And and I just, you know, game and a half back, not many games to play. Cornell has some easy games on their schedule, including Columbia left. It's, it, it looks bleak. It looks like we have our four teams. So 
while I did talk today, who can finally get back in there? I think next week's conversation, no matter how the games go, I believe that next week's conversation is not going to be who are the four teams, but really what are the seeding? You know, can Penn catch Yale? Is there a chance that Princeton can still go out there and catch Yale? They're only a game back. I think that that becomes the conversation, not who the four teams are, but kind of where they're going to be seated seems like the the path that we're going to be going down. I hate to just say, look, your season's over, but we have to be realists here. I think Harvard's season is over. Go out there and get a win against Penn and watch Cornell, you know, kind of flub up. Maybe he got a, a sliver, but I think now we have the four teams. We know what we're looking at. Now it's seeding and who can really compete and really bring their A game in a couple of weeks when we start to get into March talk. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for this episode. Tune in next week. I think we will really dig into who I like long-term with only one game here. Enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend as well for everybody out there. Have a very good week, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.